0: There's a there's a person watching online. A couple of days ago you were contemplating suicide. And now you're you're just watching this service right now, wondering if that thought is gonna come back. And you've tried everything you could do. I'm here to tell you God is redeeming your life whatever you thought you're going to lose whatever fear it was and maybe there's some people in the room in here right now that you have been gripped by a sudden fear that you you have considered not leaving anymore you've considered if, if this was it I'm telling you that God is saying, if the cross was it, then you got a life to live for. There's no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. There's another person in the room. You're wearing a blue sweater. You have glasses on. Are you here? Is that person in here? If you have a blue sweater with glasses on or a blue t-shirt, no, if you're online, God is restoring your life as well. There may be someone struggling with cataracts in their eyes. Are you in this room? Come on up front, please, if you don't mind. There's another person that I saw while well getting ready. You're having trouble, and you don't have to come to the front for this, but you're having trouble going to the bathroom. And if you're watching us online, please put a comment in there. We have a team ready to work with you, to walk with you and pray with you. I'm I'm not up here because I know what's going on in your life. I'm up here because I know God wants to do something new in your life. There's another person you might be watching, but they have told you you have a tumor or a cyst on your neck. If you're in this room, please come forward if you don't mind. And then there's one you, you have been told that your shoulder needs a shoulder replacement you have had so much pain and then there's another person you're pregnant and you have been told you've you've been given a choice that your pregnancy should be terminated because they're afraid the baby you're gonna give birth to is gonna have some deficiencies for the garage thank you Here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together. Be seated, maybe seated, maybe seated. Thank you, team. Thank you, man. How many of us came expecting something from the Lord, from God, from the Word of God? Did you come expecting something? Because I've I've learned to come expecting that God's going to do something in my life every single time I gather with and fellowship with people of God. Heavenly Father God, I thank you. I declare the glory of the Lord over this room right now. The manifestation of your word into every living room, into every person watching me and hearing me at the sound of my voice right now, Lord. I thank you for giving us revelation, insight, and stirring up a new life, a newness into our hearts. Through your mighty name, Father God, I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Woo. So I'm talking about the working of miracles today. There are some things about the Word of God that the Holy Spirit does in us. And the best way we can understand them is by looking at them through, through Scripture uh, the series have always been teaching about the works of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't mind, turn to First Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip through to verse 10. It says, To another, the walking of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But I'm going to camp on walking of miracles. The word miracles... Uh, the way it's defined in the Greek, it means a highly improbable or extraordinary occurrence or happening that's nat- that naturally challenges the limits of our mind, the limits of our reasoning, the limits of our being. The difference between the working of miracles and the gift of healing is in itself the working. I'll give an example. You see, Jesus is walking down the street and the woman with the issue of blood made up her mind that when I touched the hem of his garment, I would see. The process that she made up her mind to touch the hem of the garment is her saying, I'm going to work this thing. The miracle had already occurred in her mind, she could see it. But now the distance between receiving it and the manifestation of it had to come at a certain point of contact and i know that's so simple to understand because we grew up in a world where science seems to have all the answers but i can tell you that th- there's a point when science ceases to understand what god is doing and this is where the point of walking miracles comes to pass my mom was just in the hospital not too long ago and they thought it was covid and then she calls us she All our kids are here. My brother is in Texas. And so she calls me and says, David, they said I have COVID, and I need prayer right now. They go to the hospital. They treat everything they knew how to treat. Nothing was changing. To the point that her heart rate dropped to the 40s. And my mom called us again, said, this may be the last time you hear my voice. So here are some instructions. And I'm listening to this. And then we get another call from the person who was attending in her room. They said that her hat beat stopped for a couple of minutes. And I remember just walking up, I was walking in my room, pacing back and forth. And I remember this ability that we do have as believers. I'm not any better than you, I don't even qualify. But there was a stirring in my spirit, I began to thank God for my mom. I began to think about all the good things that God had done through her, the fact that I'm alive to this day. I began to say, God, if yes, if this is her last heartbeat, it ain't done because it's still beating on me. I began to thank God for a moment. I texted part of the team, and I was, testing, I was texting the team the testimony that my mom was doing great. And every time I would text the team, I would get another bad news. Every time I let the team know, I'd get another bad news. And we get to the hospital, they said, we've been treating COVID, but we did not realize she developed pneumonia. So she had fluid on her lungs, and they're treating COVID, so she's not breathing well, she's weak. And I remember, again, the whole process seeming like I take one step forward, and then three steps back. Maybe I'm talking to someone in this room where you've been believing God for something to happen, and it seems like every time you're so close to that thing happening, you slide right back to the former steps that you need more prayer in. Long story short, we praise God. We praise my mama through. And I can tell you right now, I just spoke with her this morning, and she's doing perfectly well. She's home. She's planning a trip here. I'm saying this to explain there is a gift of healing by the Holy Spirit, but there's a gift of walking the miracles. In other words, I got some pain happening, but I'm believing something. I may be crying about something, but I also have a word in me. I may be experiencing some disappointments, but I have a word in me. What I'm hanging on is not what my friends and my pastor and my doctor says. What I'm hanging on is I just have one more hope that if I get close to the hem of his garment, it will all be mad because I can see it now. The woman said, I have tried everything. I've been to all the doctors. I've been to every office that I know. Luke says, and I've spent all the money that I have. I'm in a place I don't even need to be. But the focus that this woman had, had God's attention. Because guess what? God was looking at her. The Bible says, God watches for his word to perform it. Where is his word? His word has been put in me. He told Joshua, I have put my word in your heart. I've put my laws in your heart. Meditate upon them day and night. In other words, don't just open a book. Sit back and meditate on my word on the inside of you. Because there's going to be situations when you're going to want to pray, sun, stand still. And nobody has prayed that prayer before. There's gonna be moments when you're gonna be walking across Jordan. Yes, you've seen it before, but yours is gonna walk differently. There's gonna be moments when they've been told, when you've been told that this is hereditary. Your grand, great, great, greats had it. It's in your DNA. What are you gonna pray? When the doctor says, oh, because, because you have this autoimmune sickness, you're going to be on this medicine for the rest of your life. What are you going to say in return? If there's no word that you're meditating on day and night in your heart, there is nothing that's going to come out of your mouth. Because what? The walking of miracles is not a process of getting impressed. It's the process of believing what you have on the inside of you to make it through some things. Um, I'm going to use a story of a man who just opened his eyes. I'm going to transition to the book of John, chapter 9. And we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 8. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered and said, Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. If you have your Bible, just underline that, in him. There was something in this man that Jesus was about to top. And then it says, I must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in this world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with, with the saliva. And he anointed his eyes, and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is, is not this who sat and begged. So he wasn't known for just being blind. He was known for being a publican, a beggar. I want to slow this down for a little bit. There's some things I want to point out here because they're very important. The words, when it says Jesus saw this man, the word saw means he had a perception. The story right before this, Jesus is coming from the temple and he's being chased by these Pharisees and Sadducees because he said that before Abraham, he was. He said, Before Abraham, I am. And they're like, How can you be as old as Abraham yet you're 30? so they thought he was calling himself God. And so they're chasing him down the street. They're chasing him away from the temple. And as he's running, let's say, across the street on the other side of town, here is a blind man aimlessly walking around, in my translation. And Jesus, instead of Still thinking of the pursuers, his mind totally changes to the point that he understands the condition of this man and stops. And immediately, something happens in the, in the moment. And this is my first point that I want to tell you. I don't care who is looking at you. I don't care what they're saying about you. I don't care who says whatever they're saying about you. One thing that you and I must have confidence in is who has their eyes and heart towards us. The moment Jesus entered the picture and the scene of this moment, it was the beginning of a life being changed, even though he couldn't see naturally, he knew someone has come into my life that's going to change things. And here's why I say this. He was blind physically from birth, a condition that everybody knew, even the gods, I can't imagine if you're blind what kind of imagination you do have when all you've been hearing all your life is you're blind because someone in your family sinned. When all you have been told is the issue I have is because daddy messed up. When the issue that you have is because somebody else messed up. And for the first time, someone comes in in your situation and says, nobody messed up. Let that sink in for a moment. Because the issue hasn't gone away. But here is the word of comfort. Jesus says, neither your parents, neither the man sinned. This happened so that the works of God may be put on display. The word works of God is the glory of God. The word glory of God means the opinion, point of view, perspective of the Father. I'll say that again. The the word glory of God that we use in so many songs that you say, God, I give you glory. What you're really saying is, God, I want to see what you see. God, I want to get your opinion about the situation. God, I want to get your, what, do, what does your heart have for me? So when you say, God, I give you all the glory, it's like, God, I'm surrendering who I am so I can see who you see in me. And Jesus, the very first opportunity he gets, he speaks words into a blind man's ear that, pers- that change his perspective about his condition because now his imagination changes from, I've been like this because my parents sinned, but I, now it changes into I'm like this because God wants to do something in my life. Can you imagine if every problem you had, you're like, God is working something in my favor. Can you imagine even the word favor? In the Message Bible, it means God is leaning in my direction. I feel, I, I, I feel stuff like, okay, God, it's not enough that I want to see what you see, but I want to give you favor. So, in other words, no matter what you do, I'm leaning in your direction. Do you realize that this man's eyes are not open yet? And then he tells him, you know what? I want to send you to a pool of water. And this is where I want to take a moment and pause. Because if if you've read the book of John, we see water in chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8 no water. Chapter 9. <laughs> There's when the Bible repeats something so often, like that I'll show you a good example, in chapter 2 the woman at Jesus changes water into wine. And they asked him, are you not going to drink some? He said, no, I'll drink the wine in the new kingdom. In chapter 3, he tells Nicodemus, unless you're born of water and the spirit, you can inherit the kingdom of God. In chapter 4, it's the woman the well. He says, I will give you living water. In chapter 5, it's the impotent man who was standing at the pool waiting for the angel to start up the water so he can get healed. In chapter 6, Jesus walks on the water. In chapter 7, he says, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And in chapter 9, he says, I'm going to send you to a pool of water. I'm saying all of this to say I have a pool. Guys, you may enjoy my pool. in. I'm trying to explain something here is... When it's a message about what God is doing in our lives, there's a sudden, consistent thing that he does to us that we may see and encounter exactly what he's up to. The water is representing the work of Christ in us. The water is the cleansing. The water is baptism. The water is the future. Saying, the moment you encounter God, you can not be the same. So this man has been told to go to a pool, which he doesn't even understand what it means. But what he understands is when he gets to the pool, he's going to see the glory of God. And his eyes are going to open. So there's a correlation here. Even when Jesus tells the woman at the well, I'm going to give you water, but you are not going to be able to get it from that well. The water that I'm going to give you, you will never be thirsty again. This is the living freshness of God. I can't imagine just water like this symbol, Something as simple as this could activate a man who's been blind all his life to walk every step towards the pool. Are you ready, Ricky? I want to demonstrate something here with Ricky. Because it's so easy to misunderstand the working of miracles. It's so easy to miss the walking of miracles because there's something that God is doing in us. Ricky, come up here. Come up here, please. So, I mean, Ricky is the blind guy. Ricky, mind closing your eyes? And Jesus tells him, Ricky, it's not your sin." Can you imagine how many believers think we don't receive miracles because there's a sin in our lives? So he says, You know what? I'm gonna lift this weight off of you. You're no longer responsible for this sin, neither are they Neither are your parents. So Jesus is saying, there's no more attachments. There's no more connections. And these are words that he's speaking into this man's ear who has been hearing that he cannot. He will never see. The law says, oh, you deserve what you got. You don't belong. You have tried. Now you are a beggar. You are broke. You deserve where you are. And Jesus says, no, let me show you what the father sees. And Jesus is not in a hurry to open his eyes. But if he can begin to imagine what the Father sees about him, that's the key. And then he tells him, before he does that, he gets mud. I, I wish I had some really good mud, but I told him I wouldn't put mud on his face, especially spit in it. I don't think he would love me anymore. So I'm going to just make up some fake mud here, okay? And I'm going like, to spit into this thing really good. When I slow this down, do you see how it's getting messy by the minute? He's blind. Imagine what he's hearing. It's quiet, and then the next thing he hears is (laughs) Because this is where sometimes we miss a miracle act. You've been praying, you've fasted, you've believed God, and then when you hear some uninteresting sound, you're like, God, wait a minute. What, what's going on? What are you about to do? God has cut off everything that has limited you, saying, you are my child now. I want you to begin thinking about your father in heaven. That's why he says, I'm here about the works of my father. This, this is not just for you. This is for generations after you, from you, for eternity. So this is not something light. So when he hears this sound, the Bible says the man doesn't even get it. It's the people seeing around that begin to understand what what he's doing. And here's another key. His hearing is now the source. His perception of what Jesus is saying in this moment is the key to how he's going to receive. This miracle. So he's diligently following what Jesus says. This right now is ministry going on, man to man. And all he has to attend to the service is just by his ears. Are you tracking with me now? And then Jesus says, Go to the pool. Now, this man is blind. Take one step forward, one more. One more. One more. I'm a big guy. I fall hard, okay? So. Trust me. Do you realize in every step he's taking, he has to make a decision to keep going towards the pole, but his eyes are not open yet? This is where most of our faith fails, is you think they're going to lay some magic hands on you and instant miracles happen. Yes, they do. But how about if you have to take about six steps forward and realize, I don't see it. I just met Jesus. I see myself in my mind. I can see. But every step forward that I'm taking to where he's sending me, it don't seem to be helping. Take a few more steps. You're doing great. You're doing great. You're demonstrating a very—you see how close he is? I can't imagine what the people around him now are saying. This is the point where they say, you may as well give up. Because if you're not seeing yet, by the time you get to the pool, what's the water going to do anyway? You're just going to wash off the mud they put on your face, and you're going to be in the same place you were before. Maybe the friends are saying, you know what, Ricky, you want to quit? Maybe the friends are saying, your mission is done. But there was something in this man's heart that had had enough. Keep going. I'm going to put this hand in the water, okay? Okay. And you can wash your face if you like. You're You're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost there now. Turn straight up. That's the water. Wash your face. Yeah, literally wash your face. Literally wash your face. Take a pause right there. He, he had to deal with some mess all by himself. And all Jesus did was give him a word. There's some people in here, you're dealing with some mess. Maybe you're waiting for someone to come be like, come on, here's the hand on the shoulder. And they can only get you to the pool. But it's up to you to wash your face in the pool. Open your eyes. I feel like this is a prophecy word for you. There are some things that God has been doing in your life. And today he's bringing some clarity. There's things you've been crying about in the closet that nobody knows about. And you're asking God, shh, give me a sign. Thank you. And maybe now it's you. You've walked this journey. You have believed God. And now you've come at this place where you have to begin to see these things as though they're not just imaginations. There has to be a paradigm shift. I I wrote this down. It didn't matter what the man could see in the moment Jesus did. All the man had to do was believe the word of God. And I'll keep on going. This is why I say what I say. It wasn't long after that, if you keep reading, where the people that came. I want to read this. Verses 8, it says, Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is this not he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he, he, is, he is like him. And then he spoke up for himself and says, I am he. Therefore, they said, how were your eyes opened? This, that statement explained nobody from the scene went with him to the pool. The rest of the people that were standing around him were in so much disbelief That when Jesus said what he said to this man, they either heard it and did not obey, but they were beyond livid that Jesus could send a blind man to the well. And when they see him come back, they're in so much disbelief. This is how important our faith is. is how important the Word of God is. That two people, one believed the Word of God, and one assumed they knew the Word of God, and they knew the reasons why. It's a Sabbath. Nobody should be healed. The law says if you've been born blind, it's, it's, it's impossible, especially if you have sin in your life. They knew the Word of God so much so that when even God himself speaks, they stood with the law. And the man who was blind walked the journey all by himself. Maybe they told you you have cancer. Maybe they told you you have ALS. Maybe they told you you have Parkinson's. Maybe they told you, man, this will never go away. I want to ask you one more question. What is that still, small voice telling you? What is the perspective of the Father towards you? I had the pastor friend who said, David, I've done ministry all my life. And and he got a blood disease. And then he says, if God allowed this to happen to me, he must have had a reason for it. I went right to this chapter. They thought God allowed it. Because the law said it. And I said, can you give me a verse that supports the idea that God allowed it in your body? And he thought for a while. And then he said, remember Job? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And then I said, what did Job do in the last chapter of the book of Job? Job repented that what he thought he knew about God, he actually didn't know. Let me explain this using this very same verse. So in verses 22, everything's been going a mess here. They've stated the Sabbath, they've said the Lord, they say, his parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he's of edge. Let him ask him. You see what's going on now? I'll skip to verse 35. Jesus had that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Jesus spoke into this man's ear and told him, you're going to see the works of the Father. This man did not just attain his sight. He actually received salvation. Because if no man who had sinned could stand face to face with God, for the first time we have a man before the cross who stood face to face with Christ in the salvation power of God. He stood in front of the brightness of the glory of Christ and said, hey, let me know. Let me see this person. Jesus says, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking to you. He then said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if ye were blind, you would have no sin. But now that you say we see, therefore your sin remains. I'm going to close with this because this is a very important line that he throws in here. What was the thought of the Pharisees? The man deserved his blindness. They thought they had perfect revelation of the condition and what the man deserved. So according to Jesus, they are blind. If you ever have a perspective that is besides what the father sees, you are blind even when you see. That's what Jesus often says, let him who has ears hear and let him who has eyes see. Because the only way to see in some situations, as messy as they are, the only way to see them is when you say, God, may I see your glory. Is God, I want, this is what I would have said in that situation, but because I want to see what you see, my words changed. God, this is what I wanted to do in that situation. But because because of your word in my life, I said some different things. So the people who thought that they had sight were really blind. And the man who was blind actually had sight. How did he get the sight? A word. How did he get the word? He heard After what he heard, what did he say? Lord, help me believe. He declared it. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't be quick to speak your mind. Be quick to understand what is God's perspective in this situation. Maybe you are 10 years in and you're wondering, God, where are you? Some of you know my story. I was born mute. I, d- I didn't speak comfortably like this until I was 14 years old. And every single day, I either had people feeding me unbelief, but I also had my own unbelief. I was a pastor's son who could not speak. So every guest preacher that came in town prayed for me, I bet. And I was wondering, God, why? I got to this place where... If I knew what I knew now, maybe it would have been a different, but maybe there's a reason why I didn't know that I can stand here and say this message to you because there's some people even in this room, you're going through situations where you have been totally okay with whatever challenges you have in your body, with whatever challenges you have in your mind, because the doctor said so, because the psychiatrist said so, because the professional said so, and you have no idea that you have lowered yourself beneath beyond the grades of the Word of God that you believe whatever you possess, God is going to use to bless you instead of realizing that the Father wants you to have a perspective like He does about you. And maybe he's wondering, what is Joe doing with this? Remember, Jesus could not carry the man to the well. He just gave him a word. What word are you standing on? What word are you declaring? It also says, but He said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's Luke eleven twenty-eight. Mark 4, 24 says, then he said, Take heed what you hear with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. So if I'm, all I'm listening to is I'm going to die of this thing, yes, it will be measured pressed together, and running over in your life. If all you're hearing is, this is going to take me out, I'm going to be on this drug for the rest of my life, pressed together, running over, more unto you. Do you see how much it becomes important that we silence our thoughts? You don't need faith to move God. I'm not asking you to impress God by saying, I believe so much, I I can move whatever challenge it is. What I'm asking you to do is to actually sit back and rest. I have a word from my father. I have the perspective of my father in this situation. And his word says, by his stripes I am healed. He was bruised for my transgressions. He was, I mean, he was, he was, his beard was pulled out. The crown of thorns was put on his head. He bled internally. He bled externally so that whatever thoughts I have can be brought into submission. And I want to say this too. At the end of the story, they pierced him on the side and water came out. If you want to have a great time studying about water in the Word of God, you you will enjoy it because there's a correlation between water and the Spirit. That right after when he resurrected, he says, go in the upper room and stay there. Not until you're filled. Not until, no, until you are endured. Endured with power. In other words, there's something now. It's no longer what happened in the book of John where this man could just testify. Now which I want you to do the same thing. Every single one of you in this room, you possess the ability to walk miracles now. Because what? There's a spirit of God in you. Out of your belly flows rivers. In other words, you can touch somebody and they get filled by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to be the guy standing up here. You can touch somebody and you give them a word from the Lord and they stand on that word and they see a miracle. Some instantly, some patiently. Patiently. Because patience is not, long, is not about how long you wait. No. I know that's how English teaches it. Patience is how long am I going to believe this word of God? Can I believe it when the storms of life arise? When Jesus walks on water, what was, what was going on? They were confused about who he was. But if you keep reading, the wind never stopped. But they could have a conversation with Jesus. What was about to kill them almost seized when they saw Jesus. Not seizing as in the physical oppression of it, the wind was still blowing. And that's why it says when, when Peter took his eyes up of Jesus and looked on the side, in a moment, the wind did not just create itself. It was always there. But as long as they were looking to Jesus, it seemed like everything was calm no matter what they were going through. So I want to challenge you this evening is what are you declaring? What are you hearing? Band, if you don't mind, come back up. What are you grateful for? Second Corinthians 9 says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always have an all-sufficiency in all things, may have abundance for every good work. In Philippians chapter 4, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guide your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In other words, there may be things you're experiencing now. But the peace of God is just as much with you. There may be some storms of life like they do come. God has not left you. Jesus told the disciples, I go to my Father. I go to prayer a place for you. But then he ends up saying, now you go. Heal, deliver, baptize, raise the dead, fully you've received, freely give. And then he ends up saying, and lo, I'll be with you always. How can a person who is saying, I'm going to my father, says, and lo, I'll be with you always. You have to be a man of some faith to believe that someone is leaving, but he's going to stay. So there's a faith that God is developing, if if you don't mind, get up on your feet. I asked earlier, there's some people in this room, and you came tonight expecting something. And there's there's people watching online, and you're like, God, today is my day. This message is for me. This word is for me. (laughs) The weapon may be foam, but it won't prosper. Because you're not just going to see victory manifest. Your victory has already been guaranteed in the Word of God. Josh, can you sing that song one more time? Because there's something that happens when when we declare the Word of God outwardly. And if if you're watching us right now, if you're believing God for a miracle, tonight, as we sing this song, and you want to come forward so we can pray with you, feel free. I'm I'm anticipating when I was getting ready for tonight that God's going to do some miracles in this room for the people watching in their living room because we're going to walk some things out. I know there's some people who may have some pain in different areas, headaches, migraines, so many things going on. I don't want to list like God is telling me right now, but if, if you need prayer for something, don't leave this place. And if you're online, put it in the comments section. We have people ready to pray with you, agree with you. Let's stand on the word of God and walk the distance. Let's stand in the faith of the Son of God and walk the distance. And maybe you're watching me right now and you're wondering, I just don't need a miracle. I wanna know this Jesus. I wanna know this God who who doesn't allow sin to hinder me, who wants me to know him, just like my father, and if you're in this room, I want to give you that opportunity. Is there anybody who wants to know Jesus in this room today?? Great, everybody's saved. Maybe online, typing in, and let's declare this together. Father in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your work on the cross. I thank you for the gift of salvation. I thank you because you saved me. You emptied yourself of all the glories of heaven so that you may come and leave with me. You sent your Holy Spirit to come dwell in me. You desire that I may be one with you, that I may encounter your glory in my life. And today I declare that I am yours, that you are my Father, you are the reason I live, you're the reason I have life, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper, through your mighty name, Father God, I pray, amen. So we're going to sing this song, but if you have any need, come up front, I want to pray with you.